Jesus on today. We thank you, Father God, without the without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So we thank you, God, and I apply the blood today in the name of Jesus, not applying the blood to get anything, applying the blood because I know what the blood has done. So, Father, we thank you on today. And, Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I thank you, Father God, for doing a great work in the midst of your people today. I thank you for doing a complete and a finished work today, God, in the midst of your people, God. I just thank you, God, for everything you have already done. God, we already have everything that we need in Jesus Christ. So I thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I'm going back to the teaching I've been teaching on and what I've been teaching on is embracing your true identity, embracing your true identity. And I have been coming from the book of second Corinthians chapter five and, and verse 17. Everybody know that one so well. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. So what God wants us to identify with is our new identity. So you can be seated. We're going to go from there today and, and move on. And the Holy Spirit is given more even unto this teaching. So it will help us to embrace our true identity. Remember, embracing your true identity means that you're grabbing hold to it. You're wrapping your arms around it. You're acknowledging who you are now that you're in Christ. When we meet somebody we haven't seen for a long time, we begin to embrace them. We begin to grab hold to them. Um, and we grab hold to our loved ones, the ones that's around us, because we're acknowledging our love. We're embracing that. So God wants us to embrace our new identity because when we embrace our new identity, we're recognizing who we are now that we're in Christ. We're recognizing it's not about us. It's about what Christ have done for us. So when we go back to the book of Genesis, in the beginning, I'm going back there again, it talks about how God created us, and we know we, he created us as spiritual beings. He created male and female, and after he created them, he told them to be fruitful and multiply. He told them to dominate the earth, but they were spirit beings. They were created in God's image. They were created in God's likeness, meaning that they were a spirit just like God was a spirit, and they had his characteristics. They had his way of doing things. But then God saw when he created the heaven and earth and he created them as spiritual beings, he needed them to inhabit a body. So what did God do? He took and blew the breath of life, which was his spirit into a body that was just made from the dust. When he blew the breath of life into that body, that body became a what? A living soul. So he took Adam. And when we look at the word Adam, that he was already in Adam, male and female was Adam. So he took Adam, he placed him in the garden to keep the garden, to tend the garden. But God had that garden the way he wanted it to be. So he wanted man to keep it the way God ordained it to be. 
So he told Adam, every tree in that garden you may eat of, every tree in the midst of that garden you can eat from, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, don't eat from that tree. See, God was letting him know, everything that I have created, I created it to be good. There is no evil about what I have created. So he said, do not eat from that tree. He gave him one command. So we know that when he formed Eve, he didn't want Adam to what? To be alone. So he gave him a helpmate. Eve was there to walk alongside of Adam. Eve had the same authority that Adam had. They were working together. So we know that Satan used a part of God's creation, which was the serpent. So I want you to understand just because you are born again does not mean that Satan will not use you if you allow him to. Because everything God create is good. So he used that serpent and the serpent deceived who? Eve. He deceived Eve and when he deceived Eve, she ate from the tree and her husband partook of that fruit from the tree. So we know sin came into the world. And we know sin came into the world because they tried to sow fig leaves. They tried to hide their nakedness. They realized they were naked and they became ashamed. Nakedness represent being shame. It represent guilt. Have you noticed that um, if somebody's in a relationship with another man's wife or a woman is in a relationship with another woman's husband, you know, they become shame after they don't reveal themselves afterwards, right? Which they should have felt that shame before. They knew it was wrong, but they, they went on the feeling. We don't go on feeling, we go on faith, Amen. So we know what happened in that situation. But then um, sin came in upon the earth. So this is what God told Adam. He said, where are you? God already knew where Adam was. He was hiding from the presence of God. How many of us try to hide from God? You can't hide from God. God is everywhere. So if you're thinking you're hiding from God, that's a lie that the enemy told you. You cannot hide from him. So he asked him, he said, where are you? And then he began to tell him, Who told you that you were naked? Because God knew everything he created was good. They didn't know anything about evil. The only thing they knew was what was good and God is good. So that's when sin came in on the picture. So what I'm saying to you is Satan came in and he stole their identity. He made them feel as if they didn't have everything they needed with God. And this is what he does with us. The first thing he told them, who told you you can't eat from that tree? So to steal your identity, he's going to deceive you to make you think that God is not going to do or what God said is a lie. He want to make God out of a liar because he know God is about truth. That's why Jesus says, sanctify them in truth. Thy word is true. The way that we know that we're set apart is through the word of God. That's how you become to know the truth through the word. So this is what happened. He told them a lie. By telling them a lie, he came in and stole their identity. He knows how important it is to know your true identity. He don't want you to know who you are in Christ. Because once you know who you are in Christ, y'all, let me tell you, you're going to begin to benefit from all of those things that you have in Christ. There is life in Christ. He don't want you to have Zoe. He don't want you to have this abundant life that God has given you. He want to come in and steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come. 
for you to have life and have life more abundantly. I want you to have this Zoe life that only my father can give you. This Zoe life consists of God's way of doing, God's way of being. That's what I want you to have. And the enemy say, I'm going to rob you of this. See, the thing is, once you come to Christ, he cannot take away that life you have in Christ, but he can rob you. He can steal from you. So he said, I'm going to come in and I'm going to make you feel as if you are not who God says that you are. You're not going to be what God says that you're going to be. You're not going to be able to do what God says that you should be doing. So he said, I'm going to rob you. I'm going to take this identity. I'm going to bring, uh, build a stronghold in your mind due to your way of thinking so I can control you. See, the devil don't have to be around you every minute. When he give you stinking thinking, he can go on about his business and every time somebody hit a button in you, it comes up out of you. He don't have to follow you around, y'all. Because once he get that flesh activated, once he tempt you, he don't have to do that. See, God, he's everywhere. The enemy is not everywhere. That's why he have to set up things. And it comes through your thinking. The Bible says a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. Whatever you begin to think about the most is what you become. If you always um, hang around people that have negative thinking, your thinking is going to be negative because you're taking in what they're saying. The enemy is stealing something from you. He's using a loved one to steal it, and we sit there and listen to it, and then we begin to ponder over it and say, you know what, that's about right. And then we begin to think that that's God saying it, and it ain't God. It's the enemy using them to deceive you, to take you out of your position of knowing your true identity in Christ. And he has taken all of us and the majority of us out of our position because we're listening more to people that don't know God than we're listening to the one and true and living God. The more time you spend with God, you'll say, I, I. that ain't what the word says. I see what my grandfather always would say. Think so. I only go on what's so. So this is what we're going to talk about today. We're talking about embracing that identity. And the way that we embrace that identity is living by faith, y'all. We live by faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. That means that when it says that um, we walk by faith and not by sight, that means we live by faith and not by sight. See, we don't look at the natural. And one thing that people need to stop doing is denying natural. Is COVID-19 real? Yes. We don't deny that, but we don't let that dominate us. We don't accept that. You don't deny it, but you don't accept it. Meaning, yes is real, but I don't accept that because that's not who I am in Christ. See, we got it twisted. Some people are quoting Psalms 91 because they're hoping they don't get COVID. They're not quoting Psalms 91 because they believe in what it's saying and it's protecting them. They're quoting it because they're afraid that COVID is going to land on them. That's not faith. So we're going to talk about when we embrace our true identity, we have to live the life that Christ lived. So that's why we have what is written 
So we can go into what is written and we can go on what is written, not going on what we see in the natural. So if you're not in the word of God and know what the word is saying, anyone would be able to fool you. Because you're not rooted and grounded in the word. Anything they say, you would take it because you think it's true. Whatever you come to believe is what you're going to be accepting. See, this is why even during this pandemic, they had to have scientists. They had because we're in the world, y'all. You're living in a world that you have doctors, you have nurses, you have lawyers, you have firemen. You have all of these people that are in the world. And when they tell you that something is wrong, the first thing you do is believe them because you feel as if they know what they're talking about, right? But then that's when you should say, you know what? I hear what you're saying. I see what you're saying. But I'm going to have to go to God to know what God want me to do. See what I'm saying? Because they can tell you one thing and that's not really happening. I remember when these speakers... We paid over, what, $5,000 a year for these speakers? These four speakers. And all of a sudden, we were hearing stuff in the speaker. And I brought somebody out here to tell me what was wrong with the speaker. They told me, your speakers are blown. They're no good. But in my spirit, see, you got to go on the spirit of God that's in you. I felt like, "Uh uh-uh. Now, y'all, I don't know nothing about speakers, but I know God. And I know I'm going to be a faithful steward over God's money. And I know I'm not going to spend 5,000 more dollars on four speakers. So Holy Spirit, I need your help. So they say your speakers is blown. So we called the company and the company said, you know, they couldn't replace those speakers because we had just gotten them. So I'm sitting there saying, okay, God, you got to help me. But then the Holy Spirit began to tell me, he said, tell him to switch back around what he switched. So I told him, he said, no, they ain't got nothing to do with it. I said, okay. So it was another couple that they had come out here. They were more advanced. So at least I thought they were more advanced. It was helping me with the system. And they said, well, it do sound like your speakers are blown. I said, no, 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 no. Them speakers are not blown. They said, well, listen to the sound. I said, I hear what you're saying. And I ain't denying what I'm hearing. But those speakers are not blown. I said, do me a favor. Just do this for me. I said, switch back what was switched and play the speakers. They said, okay, we'll switch it back, but it looked as if we done did all this. Switched it back, and it was the best sound ever. What we do, we go on people because they have something in front of their name. We go on people because they say they sound engineers, but God is above all that. I wouldn't settle for what they said because I knew what I felt in my spirit. And that feeling I had didn't come from James Brown. It come through the Holy Ghost, y'all. So this is what I'm telling you. Even though they say one thing, you don't deny what they're saying. But you're saying, I need to go to my father. Father, what are you saying concerning this situation? So when you hear God above man... You putting him above man. And that's what God wants. God said, I want to be above man because I'm high and I'm lifted up. So whatever I say to you, that's what I want you to believe. That's what I want you to go on. And I don't want you listening to any and everybody because what it's going to do is going to weaken your faith. Even though your faith is there, it weakens what you believe. 
the more you listen to anything outside of what God says, it weakens your faith. And you begin to tilt that way even the more. Because you're listening to what man is saying. You remember the scripture. God is not man. That he should lie. We need to stay there on that verse. We don't put him in the category of man. God is not man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent, should change his mind. God said, have I not said it? And shall I not do it? Let's stop there. We saying amen, but listen what God is saying. Have I not said it? If you don't know what he said, how do you know he's not man? I'm, I'm just going to say it. Have I not said it? If you ain't in the word to know what God has said, how can you say he's not man? Because you haven't even developed a relationship to know who he is. You don't go into your word to know he's El El Yon, the most high God. You don't go into the word to know that I am that I am. You don't go into the word to know I'm Jehovah Shalom. I am your peace. That mean I have everything you need. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm your provider. I'm Jehovah Nisi. I am your banner. Not just knowing his names, but developing a relationship with that name that when something come up in your life, you can say, that's who you are. My bank account don't change my mind on you or my provider. My job don't change my mind on you're my provider. Me getting laid off don't change my mind that you're my provider. Me being sick in my body don't change my mind that you're Jehovah Rapha. You are the God that healeth me. Come on, your mind don't change when you know who he is. You may shake a little bit, but you're going to be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of living waters. That no matter what comes, you don't move. It cannot uproot you. Because you're planted by the rivers of living water. See, that water that's living is coming from God. And you're not moved by what people say. You may be shaken, but you're not going to move. Because you know, and this is what God said. I remember when I I told y'all this before, I went in the hospital to have my second child and I was going through some changes and, and I didn't know what was going on, but they told me, the doctor said, something is not right. He said, because your plate that count is so low and we don't know where it's coming from. So they drew blood and everything and they took a razor blade and cut me. They said, I'm going to see how long you bleed out because when you get into the, um, emerge, uh, what, what you call the operating room, we're going to have some blood blood there just in case you bleed out and it won't stop. But see, before all of this happened, when I would go into prayer, I would speak. God, I thank you for the angels in camp round about me. God, I thank you for a speedy recovery. Just speaking the word of God way before, but something happened. So sometimes we think, God, when I'm speaking the word, why are these things happening? But see, sometimes these things happen to test us. To see where we are in him. To see if the faith that God has given us, if we're going to draw off of that or we're going to draw off of how we feel. So when I went into that operating room, y'all, and after everything was over, he told me, he said, you didn't even bleed out. 
None of this that we thought that was going to happen did not happen. We did not even need the extra platelets that we had already bought, you know, for you to use. And they had a team of doctors around me, the infection doctor, all of them around me. But when they put me in my room, they put this bag of stuff on me. And for some reason, I was so hot, y'all. If hell felt like that. I was so hot on the inside, I felt like I could blow I felt like I could just explode into pieces. They checked my temperature. They say, your temperature is normal. I'm eating ice. My Aunt Charlie is putting cold cloths on me. And I'm saying, I'm still hot. I just, I'm just hot. I'm hot. I'm hot. And they said, well, there's nothing we can do. You know, your temperature is right. Every vital signs of right is nothing we can do. But let me tell you, when everybody left out my room, I said, may not be nothing they can do, Father. I said, but there's something wrong. And you're going to have to tell me what's wrong. I said, because my dependency is on you. And the Lord said, what's happening is that bag that they put on you. Tell them to unhook the bag. So I said, okay, how am I going to tell a nurse to unhook a bag when she feel like she's doing her job? So the lady that was over this team of doctors that was around me, God is so good. She was passing by my room. Y'all know how you do in church when you raise a finger. I raised a whole arm. Hey, come here. So I told her what was going on. This woman got silent. She ran in the hall and she said, unhook that bag and unhook it now. Come to find out, they didn't tell me this. Y'all, I was at death door, but they didn't tell me this. When I had called my sister, which had been a nurse, a nurse for years, and she said, what did they have on you? And I told her, she said, you better be glad they unhooked it or you've been dead. She said, a lady died. For, yeah, wait a minute. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Some of y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Because you still believe man is above God. You still believe that everything that man say is true. You believe it. Because you're still trying to get man to work something out for you right now. In the midst of what's going on, you still trust in man and what they're saying, but you haven't checked in to the all, with the all-sufficient one, God Almighty. The one who created you. The one who breathed life into you. The one who gave you everything that's in your body. The one who man didn't make you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb. But we still checking with man. Because they have a PhD or DDD or whatever they have. Even in the church. You don't check in with me, you check in with God. Because you got so many people that's living crooked lives. And you don't find out how crooked they are until they get caught. And then you upset because you were up under that crooked person. But God come in and forewarn you. And he let you know it's exposing time. But some people still follow crooked, crooked people because they were prophesying to you. Because it felt good to you. But you never went into the word of God for yourself. To hear what God had to say. You want to be lazy and you want to pick up the phone and say, speak to me. Because they say they are prophets. 
But what God is saying, I want you to embrace your true identity to the point that you're living by faith, by who you are now that you're in Christ. And your life ain't based on what you do, it's based on what Christ has done. And when we get to that point, with whatever come our way, we can live that life of faith. We can walk by faith and not by sight. And that's how you know you embracing your true identity. Because how many of y'all know when people say something that's out of the norm, that you don't look to be happening, it shakes you. It rocks you a little bit. But when you've been with him, the word of God come quick. The word of God comes and reminds you of who you are. Of what he said. That's what the Holy Spirit is there for. The Holy Spirit is there to remind you. To comfort you. The Holy Spirit is there. To forewarn you. The Holy Spirit is there to give you everything that you need. In your time of trouble. Because the Bible said he's a present help. In the time of trouble. And the problem with some of us is. We think just because we saved. We're not going to go through nothing. If you go into the word of God and you really read the word of God and you get some revelation, some illumination and some light, you will understand that Jesus himself, Jesus went through stuff walking on this earth. He went through persecution. He went through tribulation. He went through some things. I believe it's some things he went through that probably ain't even written. But he went through some of those things. Why did he go through it? He said that be of a good cheer. He said, because I have overcome the world. What was he saying? He said, what you going through? He said, I already done dealt with it. So you got to have my kind of faith. And that kind of faith comes from God and God alone. So the more we get into the word of God. The more we can begin to trust God, the more we can begin to lean and depend on him and not trust in the arms of flesh. Yes, male and female are there. They're there for us to go to. But we don't put them before we put God. We don't put our trust in them more than we put our trust in God. We want to depend on him. We want to trust in him with all our hearts. And leaning not to our own understanding, but acknowledging him in all our ways. And he shall, he will direct our paths. God is saying until we start living by faith, then we will begin to see manifestations of God that we never saw before. And then he took me back to a familiar passage. I know you're familiar with this. It's in 2 Kings, I believe, the sixth chapter. And in 2 Kings, the sixth chapter, this is dealing with Elisha. And we know Elijah, he had taken the mantle of Elijah. That means that mantle that he was taking, he was carrying on what the, you know, that prophet office of Elijah. And when we look at him in 2 Kings um, chapter uh, 6, first of all, it's starting off with how he was really training other prophets. He was raising them up. And one of them came to him and told him that they needed a place that they could live, that they could have, you know, a building. So they was going to go build this building. I'm paraphrasing it. And one of them had borrowed an axe. And that axe, it went under the, the water. 
And he was so upset because he had barred that axe that he was telling Elijah about it. Elijah didn't fret over that axe because he knew who he was. He knew his identity. He knew what he had and what he had would come from God. So he asked him, he said, where did that axe go? Where, you know, what part of the river or whatever it was? He told him and, and, and he did something so simple that axe began to float for him to get it. Come on, y'all. That's a miracle within itself. That's out of the norm. That's out of the natural. What was Elijah doing? He was training those prophets. He was showing them not to depend on man, depend on God. God has everything that you need. So he was training them and he was showing them the miraculous. And then it came in this very chapter. It was talking about the king of Syria was warring against the king of Israel. And he had battle plans, but his battle plans was failing because God was giving Elijah. Elijah didn't even have to be where they were. God was sending a word to Elijah and telling him what to tell the king so they wouldn't ambush the king of Israel. Now understand this. You get, when you get born again, when the power of God, when the baptism of the Holy Ghost come upon you and the evidence is speaking in tongues, that's just letting people know that the power of God has come upon you so you can be an effectual witness wherever you go. So Elijah was being an effectual witness for God because a word of knowledge was operating in his life. A word of knowledge is something that's presently happening to someone or, you know, something. And you don't even have to be there to see it, but God lets you know and you reveal it to the people. So he revealed the battle plan. So the king of Syria was saying, now who's the traitor? He says, somebody is telling that king of Israel our battle plans. Oh, they knew about Elijah. See, when you're walking, when you're living by faith, when you're trusting in God, when you're a spokesman for God, guess what? Signs and wonders and miracles going to follow you. People are going to link stuff to you that's happening for real, y'all. So they linked it to Elijah. Tell me in a soul, but Elijah. He's coming into, he's, he's, um, let me read this part. I love this part. It says here, um, verse 12, and one of his servants said, none, my Lord, O king, but Elijah, the prophet that's in Israel, telleth the king of Israel, the words that thou speak in thy bedchamber. Now, Elijah wasn't sleeping with that man. Elijah was nowhere in his bedchamber, but he was a prophet of God. And God was revealing hidden secrets to Elijah. He was letting people know that I am using Elijah and I'm going to show you how I'm using Elijah. So guess what they did? They said, okay, he's revealing these secrets. So they got all the king horses and all the king's men. Y'all, I'm just paraphrasing it. They got all their um, king horses and king men and their chariots and they went to find Elijah and they surrounded him. So there was um, Gehazi, Elijah's servant. And that servant looked and he saw all of this host surrounding them. And he began to fear. Now, this is where I'm going. Was it for him to say, ain't nothing out there. I don't see not one thing. God is going to fight my battle. God got me. And there it is. He would be a fool (laughs) to say it was nothing out there. So the first thing you do, you do not deny what you see. Faith is not denying what you see, y'all. I'll give you an example. 
I remember when I was on my job and I would get the sniffles and I was unlearned concerning the word of God and I would have the sniffles blowing my nose, coughing, hacking, and somebody would come to me, oh, you sick? I ain't sick. Some of y'all doing it now. I ain't sick. Well, your nose running and you're coughing. I ain't sick. Yes, was. Trying to make it. So this is what I'm telling you. You acknowledge, yes, this cold is trying to come on me. But by Jesus Christ, I'm already the healed of the Lord. Give you another example. When God told me to come off the job, y'all, I said, okay, God, I'll come off the job. And every day I would go to work and I'm talking to the girls in the office and we've started talking. I say, yeah, y'all going to be here by yourself because I'm not going to be here. I would talk that talk every day. I would come into work. I would talk that talk and the girls say, sit down, Amanda. Every time I turn around, you talking about you, you ain't going to be here. You're here now. You need to go somewhere and sit down. I'm getting tired of you talking about you ain't going to be here that, you know, da, 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 da. I said, well, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm coming off this job. So the day that I put in my resignation and stayed there for those two weeks and she knew I put in my resignation, the day I got ready to leave and get in my car, she looked at me. She said, you spoke it. She said, you didn't even give up. You spoke it. I said, I only spoke what I believed. I said, every day when it looked like I was going to still be here with you, Even though I was coming to work, I still believe what God said. He told me I was coming off. But God was waiting until I got into a place to trust him. So this is what God is saying. God said, you say you was coming off, now come off. Hmm? For real, God? So then I built myself up in the word to know what God was saying to me versus what the paycheck said, what my sick time said. What my vacation said and what no 401 said because that was nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't even go on vacation in sick time because it was nothing there. How many know when you have children, you use all that up? So it was nothing there. So God waited, y'all, until nothing was there. He said, now I want you to put in your resignation. And I was at the point of putting it in. So how many know when you really truly trust in God, faith is an action word. Faith is an action where you can talk all day. You can talk all day that you heal, but if you laying in your bed 24-7, how healed are you? You can talk all day that you got money in the bank, but if you don't work, you don't eat. So you can talk this talk, but there's, a, there's laws of faith that we got to go by according to the word of God. See, a lot of us is doing a lot of talking, but deep in our heart, we're lying. We want people to think it's so when we don't even believe it's so. But see, when you live by faith, you don't go on what you see. See, Gehazi was going on what he saw. He saw all of that army coming at them. He saw himself as being a dead man. He said, it's only me and Elijah. And look at this host that's surrounding us. How many of y'all would have saw yourself as a dead man? How many of y'all would have picked up the phone and said, listen here, children. I'm going on to glory. Don't worry about me. I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. But this army is too big for me. I'm just going to die today. Know that I love you. Come on, that's what we think. We already done prepared the funeral. But this is what Elijah told him. Elijah told him and he answered. Now, y'all check this out. Fear not. 
He got an audacity. It says here, Behold, and host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And Elijah's going to say, Fear not. How many want to hear, Fear not when it's a gun on your forehead? How many want to hear, Fear not when they told you you wouldn't live for a week? How many want to hear, Fear not? Come on. Somebody's going to let everything that they've been holding come out of them that day and cuss somebody out when you're saying fear not, right? But he said, fear not for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Hold up, hold up. Gehazi didn't see nothing but Elijah and himself. And, and Elijah had the audacity to say, fear not. It's more with us than are with them. But Gehazi couldn't see supernaturally. He couldn't see. He didn't have spiritual sight. He had natural sight. He knew what he was seeing in the natural. But see, Elijah was a prophet of God. He walked with God long enough to say, I don't have to see it to know what's with. Y'all want to see what's with you before you step out in faith. You want to see the money in the bank. You want to see that limp gone before you take a step in faith. But he told him, he knew where Gehazi was. So he said, God, open his eyes. See, he was saying, open his spiritual eyes and allow him to see that there's more with us than there with them. So God opened his eyes and he saw, look what he saw. He said, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah. Did y'all check that? The other army didn't have chariots of fire see when God come it's like a consuming fire see the presence of God was all around them they didn't have what Elijah and them had see God is going to come in a greater way he's going to come in a a spectacular way it's going to be a miracle working God when God come he ain't going to do things like the natural man do it God is going to say I'm above natural I'm super I'm supernatural. God will take the ordinary and make it extraordinary. Because when God come on on the the scene, it ain't going to look natural, people. It's going to be a supernatural occurrence that man know, I didn't do this. See, God's going to come when the leg is tore off. God's going to come and put it back on. And doctor going to know, I ain't used no screw. I didn't use no drill. I didn't use no plastic. That's God. That's what God does. He put the super on the natural. He don't need man to screw in nothing. He said, just step aside. I'm going to make it whole. I'm going to make it where it's missing, nothing missing and nothing broken. I don't need the help of a screw. I am the screw. I'm going to put things in place the way they need to be put in place. So God, that's what faith does, y'all. When we walk by faith and not by sight, though we see it, we don't go on what we see. We go on unseen. So we're in the natural, but we live according to the unseen world. And that comes through the word of God. Just like God. How many say now you believe God? Hello? How many believe it? How many believe him? 
How many believe him? How many really believe him? How many truly believe him? Now I got a question for you. How can you believe in a God you don't see? I'm hearing all of this. I'm hearing all of this going in one ear and coming out another. Because we said we have a relationship and as soon as something hit, we run around like a chicken with his head cut off. We're trying to make provisions for ourselves. When we truly know this supernatural God, we be still and know that he is God. We don't wait that something happened to get into the word of God. The word of God is already in us. So when something happened, we begin to speak out what we believe. Paul said, I only speak what I believe. I don't wait the sickness come to my house to say I'm healed. I'm healed already. Before it come, I am the healed of the Lord. Before COVID-19, is it 18 or 19? 19. Before, I don't know where this 18 coming from. Is it 18 or 19? Oh. See, when you don't listen to all that stuff, you don't know which one it is. Only thing I know is we don't put trust in that. We put trust in anything that comes. We trust God more than we trust what's coming. We don't try to go on things to make things happen. Guess what? We got the power of God on the inside of us. So when something try to come on us, we begin to speak according to what we believe. The Bible said now faith is The substance of things hoped for. Faith is the assurance. It's the title deed of what you're hoping for. It is the proof, the evidence of things not seen. Understand that it do exist, but you don't see it. Healing exists, but you don't feel it. Everything that God does, it does exist. And when we begin to acknowledge, go to Philemon 1, chapter 1. And the book of Philemon, chapter 1, is saying... This is Paul. He's speaking concerning Philemon because what's happening is he has faith. And he said in the living Bible, it said, and I pray that as you share your faith with others, it will grip their lives too. As they see the wealth of good things in you that come from Christ Jesus. So what he's saying is that the communication, the sharing of your faith become effective as you acknowledge every good thing that's in you, which comes from Christ. Our faith becomes operative. It becomes effective when we begin to acknowledge what we have now that we're in Christ. When we begin to embrace our new identity and the things that we have from having this identity in Christ, our faith will begin to operate. If you don't know what you have now that you're in Christ, you're not operating by faith. Because the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. You cannot come to God without faith. You have to believe that he is, that means that he exists, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So when you come to God, you have to believe he is. You have to believe that God has already done what God said he was going to do. It's already done. God is not trying to get something done. He said, just receive what I have already done. So when we come to him, we're saying, God, I believe like the man said with his son. God, I believe, but help my unbelief. Sometimes we pick up unbelief. How do we pick up unbelief? Remember when he brought the son to Jesus and he was all over the place acting like a wild man? The disciples could not heal him. Why could not the disciples heal him? They had power. 
God had given them the power to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to cast out devils. Why could they not heal this boy? The reason was because they looked at this boy rolling around, cutting the food. And guess what? Unbelief came in. So guess what? They dropped the power of God. But Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew he had the faith of God. So what did he do? He healed that boy based on what he knew he had. When you know what you have, go back to Peter. Remember the lean man that they laid at the temple in Acts 3. They just laid him there, left him there. Now check this out. Left him there to beg for money. He lame, can't get up and walk. But they put him in a place they were thinking, well, let's lay him by the church. Surely they won't walk over him. Yes, they did. I got to go pray. I ain't got time to move out the way. I'm going to slide you over this way. Let me get in this temple. Ain't that what we do? Some of us walk by people that's in need and we, I got to go to work. I got to do this. I can't stop today. I can't do this or that today. But what Peter and, and, and John did, he, Peter said, look on us. And he looked stead, He said, look steadfastly on us. He said, silver and gold have I none. Do y'all know money is not going to save you and heal you? That's the point. Silver and gold have I none. He said, but in the name of, but such as I have, I give unto thee. Peter knew what he had. Remember the verse I gave you. That the communication of your faith may become effective. The sharing of your faith by acknowledging every good thing. That's in you, which come from Christ. He knew what he had in Christ. He knew it wasn't based on him. He knew it was based on Jesus. So he told him to rise up and walk. And he took him by his hand. And the man not only rose up and walked, he was leaping. Why? Because it was faith in that name. See, we say in the name of Jesus, but do you have faith in the name of Jesus? Or are you just saying the name of Jesus, hoping something's going to happen? You know how when we, we're not feeling good, in the name of Jesus, by Jesus Christ, I'm here. Oh, help me, Lord. You don't have faith in that name. Because if you're using that name, you should know that's your help. <laughs> we use that name, but we don't have faith in that name. He said faith in that name is what made this man walk. So we only had faith in his name. So he's saying in order for us to embrace our true identity, we have to have faith in that name. When you go back and you, and you look through the scriptures and the Lord showed me Ruth again. And y'all know Ruth and Naomi. You know that Naomi's husband died. The two sons died. She was left with the two daughter-in-laws. And they were coming with her. But I think it was Oprah. She um, turned back because she said, I'm not going to have no more sons. But Ruth, Ruth stuck with her. Ruth was willing to give up her life, what she was familiar with, to go with Naomi. Why? She said, because your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Wherever you lodge, I'll lodge. Wherever you die, I'll die there. Wherever you buried, I'll be buried there. So Ruth made up her mind that she was going to follow Naomi, but it was because of the God that she served. So evidently, Ruth had to watch Naomi's lifestyle in order to give up what she had to follow her. And when she gave up what she had to follow her, what was she doing? She was putting faith in God. 
And people recognized her faith. Boaz recognized her faith. He recognized that she was embracing something that she was not familiar with. She was trusting more in God than she was trusting in herself. And guess what? God gave her favor. Because she stepped out and she began to glean behind, which ones? The reapers? She began to glean behind them. And she was only picking up a little, y'all. But she was still trusting God. Sometimes we have problems. We want big stuff and don't want to be faithful over the little. When you're faithful over a few things, God will make you rule over many. Some of us don't want to be faithful over minimum wage. Because we say, I'm too good for minimum wage. So no matter how high you get, you're coming back down to minimum wage. Because God said, you don't want to be faithful over a little. He said, until you learn how to manage little, you will not have much. And even if you get much, it's going to be taken away. Why? Because you don't know how to handle little. Some of us, when we get up there and we get real high, we're feeling like I can't come back down there because that's a sense of pride. When I lost my position and I was up there with the big dogs, the director, making the money and everything, buying extra stuff, thought I was all of this in a bag of chips. Y'all, when they knocked me as low as I thought I could go, I'll never forget that day I was driving home and I'm looking at a check that was, whoo, low, cut in two. And I took the check and I said, Father, I thank you for taking little. And I thank you for making it much. Y'all, I cried like a baby. But I said, God, there's nothing I can do but give you thanks for what I have. So as I thank God for what I have, God knew right then, you coming down slowly but surely. And I did. And it took some time for me to come down and get off my high horse. See, some of us on a high horse and don't want to come down. It's not that we cannot get down. We don't want to come down because we want to look higher than anybody else because we're used to where we were. But God said, I want you to get to know who I am. I want you to get to know who you are in me. So God took me through some challenges on the job to show me who he was in me. He taught me how to treat people when I thought I was treating people the best way I could. But I found out when I lost my position and they asked me for money they took, I say, not a dime you get. I'm being honest. I sat at my desk. They put me up under a man who was my worst enemy. The man who um, caused my job. Well, he wasn't the cause of it because God knew what he was doing. But he thought he was. So I had to sit up under a man that didn't even know what I knew. Then his birthday came and they wanted me to give him some money for a shaver, y'all. The audacity. Took my money, not asking for the little I got to give him a shaver for his birthday. They say, Amanda, do you want to participate? No. Soon as they left my desk, the Holy Spirit said, bless those who curse you. Love those who hate you. Oh, I was digging for change like I was digging for gold. And I said, come back, come back here. Take this. Didn't have it to get. See, something is wrong with the church. Something is wrong with the church because the more I got into the word of God, the more I saw my stubbornness, the more I saw my control, the more I saw Jezebel, the more I saw pride, the more I saw rejection. I saw so much that I missed because I was on a high horse. I 
begin to hate instead of loving people and I call myself a Christian. But God showed me how to love in the midst of hate. When people got on my last nerve, God said, you got more than one. He's funny. I would have to go in the bathroom and look up and say, God, you got to help me. I don't want to be here. And his main verse was, what is that uh, verse? Um, Be not, I know it. Be not weary in your well-doing. Because in due season, you're going to reap if you think not. Y'all, every time I hit that toilet, that's all I heard. I said, God, you got to give me another one. God said he couldn't give me another one until I got revelation on that one. See, we go from scripture to scripture when we don't have revelation on the one he has given us. So the more I stayed there, be not weary in your well-doing. Y'all, I just adjusted through the word of God and I began to love people. I began to quit looking at the position I was in. I even began to help my enemy and Jennifer was mad. She said, don't help him. I said, Jennifer, this is what we're supposed to do. And guess what it did? It changed Jennifer. The life I was living changed. She saw how bad they were, a pregnant woman wobbling. Write me up for going to the bathroom, y'all. Told me, you, you do a good job, but you, I, I have to write you up because you, you take too many breaks. I said, uh, I'm pregnant. I got to go to the bathroom. Ooh, that day, I thought I was delivered. I looked at that man. I say, oh, what about that girl over there? Sleep at the desk and customers coming in. Did you write her up too? Well, I'm not talking about you, Amanda. Her, Amanda, I'm talking about you. I said, help me, Lord. Help me, Holy Ghost. So what I did, he said, you going to sign it? No. Went to my desk. And I said, Holy Spirit, help me right now. I need you like I never needed you before. And the Lord told me, first of all, this is what you write. And I wrote it. But then he told me when I got home and spent more time with him, he said, now I want you to go apologize to him. He said, because you had no right telling him how to do his job. He's in authority over you. Whether he was wrong or not, you should have humbled yourself before him. That is not your job to do that. I humbled myself, y'all, and I did it from the heart, not just doing it. I met him in the middle of the hallway. I never forget, and I looked at him. And I said, can I say something? You say, no, let me say something to you. I said, please, let me say this. I said, forgive me for how I acted yesterday. That was wrong of me. I had no right trying to tell you something because you were telling me. you just doing your job. He said, "Uh uh-uh, Amanda. I tore up the evaluation, and I'm giving you your raise. See, it's a problem with the body of Christ. The problem is we always think we're supposed to open our mouth when we need to keep it closed. Because the Bible tells you how to act when people are over you in authority. Whether they right or wrong, you're supposed to humble yourself and you're supposed to pray for all those that are in authority so we will lead a peaceful life. You may not like what they do or how they do it, but they're in authority. So I had to live by faith, y'all, not by how I felt. 
I had to live by the way the Holy Spirit was teaching me. And some of y'all is going to stay in the same seat until you recognize you ain't in charge of nothing. He's in charge. He's the owner. He just made you steward. And he's going to see what you have done with what he placed in your hands. So I had to line up with him. And y'all, when I began to line up, that's when my bags was really packed. And when I come out of there, God have taught me. That's why I can see Jezebel. I can see rejection. I can see pride. Because I've been there. I've done that. And God taught me through all that. He taught me how to love when I was hated. Some of y'all still don't want to bow down when people hate you. You're supposed to love them even the more. Jesus, didn't he open his mouth? Because he had a work to do for the Lord. Why? Because he was living by the faith that he had in God. And he trusted God more than he trusted himself. So God want us to get to a place that we realize it ain't about me. Some of you get, I'm going to say it. Some of us get so flirted up. If you mention Biden, people just like want to kill you. You mention Trump, people want to kill you. Those are mere men. They're mere men. They can't keep you. They can't save you. They can't heal you. They can't even, oh, y'all, they they can't pay your bills. See if you can get on the line and call Biden. Hey, Biden, I'm behind in my rent. Hey, Trump. I know you ain't president no more, but I stuck with you. Now send me some money. See if you get it. The devil done, 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 um, weave something in people's head dealing with these men. If you flaring up like that, where's Christ? Come on, that ain't Christ. You don't need getting mad like that when they mention your husband or wife. All of this stuff that's happening in our land is for a reason. It's for the saints to rise up in what they believe in love. Not in animosity. Not in pride. But to stand on what we believe according to the word without making somebody feel like God don't love them because they're doing what they do. Jesus didn't bang nobody over the head with what they were doing. He just told him what the word said. And he spoke truth in love. Christians, we're getting beside ourselves. We either do it God's way or no way. And when you're doing it your way, you ain't going to see no manifestation. You think you are. The enemy got you fooled. It's time for us to live by faith and not by sight. And the only way we can do it is to embrace our true identity. Now that we're in Christ, y'all, me and my husband have been in situations where it was no money to be found. But I know what I did. I didn't deny the money wasn't there. I said, yeah, it ain't there. But God, you said. I remember when I was getting ready to do a, a teaching and, and my husband, he came to me. He said, it's no money. We can't pay the bills for the church. And I said, huh? He said, it's no money here. We can't pay the bills for the church. And he said, we could use ours, but ain't no money there either. I said, okay. So I said, I'm going back to studying. I got Bible study night. I ain't got time for that. And what I did, I said, God, you told me 
And I'm going on what you said. And you said you are God are more than enough. You about abundance and no lack. So I speak that the money is there to pay these bills. And I went right back in my word. And I said, thank you, Lord. Next thing I know, my husband, it wasn't even long after then, my husband say, somebody's telling me to come up to this office and they got, they want to see me. My husband didn't come back with one check, come back with two. One for the church and one for us. Y'all tell me my God ain't a good God. And people wondering how me and my husband living, we're living by faith. The just, if I told y'all everything that we needed, y'all would tell me, go to work. Yeah, y'all, y'all play them cards on me too. Yeah, you and your husband need to get a job. I'm doing what God told me to do and it's proven for 21 years. For 21 years. Because God taught us how to walk by faith and not by a paycheck. If you living by your paycheck, you're in trouble. Because that paycheck can decrease or it can increase. But God is a God that no matter what happens in your life, he's on time. But we go through, y'all, the persecution and the trials. It's a trying of your faith. It's to see if you're going to run to God or you're going to run to man. It's to see if you're going to bow down to man or you're going to bow down to God. Me and my husband had a situation in a week. That situation was over $12,000 that we needed for the home. Not only that, it was the pump messed up. The heating and air messed up. So altogether, that was about 13000 But God. Can anybody say, but God? I said, okay, God, we do have some uh, logs up in here. So we can use the gas logs. But if you use them things, y'all, they'll mess you up. After a while, they'll mess you up. (laughs) So we were in the house and I said, Lord, I thank you that everything is fixed. Everything's the way it's supposed to be. Do you know God sent us a man in his late 70s, late 60s, this man could outjump my husband, couldn't he? I ain't putting my husband down, but yes, he could. This man came and helped my husband with our pump. And my husband offered him money. He said, uh-uh, I don't want none. Do y'all know how much it costs just for a plumber to come over there for a few hours? $135 an hour. This man blessed us real good because God sent him. He had to come back a second time and bought the parts and didn't want to take the money from my husband with the parts he bought. Then the century eating air, God tore all that out. We got all that fixed. Come on, somebody. Did I ask for y'all to help us? Did y'all hear me say anything about I need some heat or my pump is? No, because I knew a God that put me here. That's supposed to take care of all my needs. And he did it. Then on top of that, y'all, my daughter was saying, mama, this money I need to, you know, get ready for my nursing exam. They saying I need this money. I said, God got it. I ain't worried about that either. God got it. We're going to thank God that the money's in your hand. Call me back. Not even with within days and say, mama, guess what? The nursing school is going to pay for it. God be the glory. And I'm here to tell y'all, y'all see the glory 
But you don't know our story. Daughter went for four years in nursing school. Supposed to have been loans taken out that we had to pay back. She owed no man nothing but to love him. And four whole years of college, oh, no man, nothing. Getting ready to graduate in two weeks. Already got a job lined up. To God be the glory for all that he has done. But you got to listen to what God is saying and not what man is telling you. Did they tell us we would owe money? Yes, they did. My girl would call me, Mama, you know you don't. God got it. I don't owe them not one dime. I hear what they're saying. And even the computer would say, do. Yeah, it is do, but God, you see it. God, you fix it. Next thing I know, here comes some money in the mailbox, 2000 Come on, y'all. God knows. When you put your, see, me and my husband laid down our life for Christ. We gave up jobs, 401ks. You know, you got a 401k? What is a 401k? Every benefit, we gave it up because we trusted him. You called me to this life, and I'm going to obey you because I know my steps are ordered by you. And God ain't Mr. Beat, y'all. So when I get down and out, God, take me back through the years. He take me back through the roads I travel. And God said, do you think that I'm not God? Do you think I brought you this far? He said, I'm not going to be made ashamed of. So I rise up and I say, thank you, God. Thank you for doing everything that you said and more yet to come y'all it's not over god got yet more to come he just want to see who's gonna stand when you talk about man more than you talk about god that's who you believe but when you spend time with god man ain't in the picture because you know a god who will who can and has already done so god is saying in this series He want all of us to know we have to walk by faith and not by sight. And we can do it according to who we are now that we're in Christ Jesus. Do not deny what's going on in your life. Say, yes, this is going on in my life. But this is what God has to say about what's going on in my life. See, when you begin to give people that testimony and people begin to see God manifest through your testimony and you know man didn't have nothing to do with it, that's when they come to God. They can't come to God when you're doing what they're doing. When you believe in the way they believe in. See, the enemy is trying to turn people away from God instead of to God. Y'all, God don't need no help. The only thing we do is hear what he has to say and carry out what he's saying. The just live by faith. And even when we mess up, God is there to pick us up. Come on, look at Peter. He was walking. Jesus told him to come. He was walking, but when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he fell. But then when he said, Lord, Lord, save me, he was there to pick him back up. God is going to always be there to pick us up. But we have to take the walk of faith. In the midst of your situation, I advise you every day to say, Lord, I ain't denying what I see. 
but I'm thanking you that what you said is already done. The enemy want to bring condemnation. He want to bring guilt. He wants you to feel like, oh, you're not worthy. Your worthiness is not in you. It's in Christ. Because it's no longer you that live. It's Christ who lives in you. And the life that you now live, you live by the faith of. Not in, but the faith of the Son of God. So you're living according to his faith. You got the same faith in you. He has given all of us the same measure of faith. You don't have to pray for no more faith. You don't have to say, increase my faith. You have all the faith you need. But if my faith look greater than yours, it's because I'm trusting God and I'm stepping out on what I believe. And that's why it looked like my faith is more than yours. That's all. He's not giving you no more faith. He's given all of us the same measure. It's just how you step out on what you have. So we have to go to the one that knows everything about us. He knows you're coming in. He knows you're going out. And I'd rather trust a man that brought me in and who's going to carry me out than trust somebody to tell me you're going to die. I have to go to my father and say, Father, you said I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. So, Father, I'm trusting you because you know my timing. So let's trust God. So when we have faith in him, we're trusting him, we're relying on him, we're believing what he say outside of what we see, outside of how we feel, y'all. Because God knows better than we know. So let's embrace every day. Embrace your true identity. Embrace who you are in him. So no matter what the economy does, no matter how high gas prices go, no matter what it looked like that the world is doing, God is above all that. So do not look at your money. Look to him. Because the more money we get, the more we try to do with that money. And it's never enough. But when we are content with what we have, and we're trusting in him with what we have. Guess what? We'll end up with much, much more. And I'm going to give you a miracle. Me and my husband has been living off the same salary for 15, 20 years. I ain't stopped increasing. Hello, somebody. Hello, somebody. We haven't stopped increasing. We're still going on the same. Is that a miracle? Come on, somebody. Think about it. Is that a miracle, Apostle? Some of y'all don't even believe that. Some of y'all say, that's a lie. Every time I turn around, you got something. That's a lie. See, the devil talking to you already. See, you don't even want to believe the truth. And we still give. When we do our taxes, the tax people say, you done gave it all to the church. You ain't got nothing left. Yeah. But, hey. We do things the way God will have us to do it, and God is getting the glory. God is the one being glorified through us. I want God to be glorified. So the more people talk about me, they're talking about him. God is being glorified, y'all. So embrace your true identity and allow God to manifest himself in your life. He's such a good, good father. Now that we walk by faith and not by sight, I'm going to say that. The ones that's going through today in your bodies, 
with any kind of sickness, with any kind of diagnosis, or whatever you may have dealing with your limbs, dealing with author. We call him arthritis because he's not the author and finisher of our faith. Whatever the doctors call it, they call him author. But we know that Jesus is the author and finisher. Whatever you're going through in your body, let's don't focus on that. Let's focus on the healer. Let's focus on what God has already done. And when we begin to focus on that, we dominate. We're not subject to that. We're subject to him. But some of us want to be so subject to what's going on with us, it follows us everywhere we go. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. Have you ever had a pain so long in your body that when that pain left, you wonder where it went? Anybody? You, you carried it for so long, and all of a sudden you notice it ain't there. The moment you notice it ain't there, I'm back. Anybody? You, Jennifer? She probably don't pay attention. She get knocked in the head and get up and keep on going like she ain't got knocked in the head. That's just Jennifer. That's just Jennifer. Jennifer get a cut on her hand. She probably coming to church and just bleeding all over the place. And she's singing and praising God and blood flying everywhere. She's like a flopping chicken. She ain't paying no attention to the blood. Jennifer just go on and say, oh, it's just a cut. I'm going to get me some of that uh, oil stuff and just slap it up there. She got her own remedy. She ain't checked with nobody. Girl, you need a town. need no technus. I applied the blood. It don't affect her. Why? Because she don't pay attention to it. But somebody who always pay attention to every spot, every blemish, every pain, they done gave it a name. Then when they go to the doctor, well, my mama had it. And I believe I got it. Do you see how it's looking? I believe it's cancerous. You already believed it, so you have what you believe. This is what we do, right? So they're going to open up their little books and they're going to say, do it look like this? Yeah. Well, let's get let's test it because you might be in the first stage. But what did God say? That's where we got to be, y'all. We got to see with the eyes of faith. But we don't deny what's around us. We don't do it. We say, I acknowledge you there, but this is what God says concerning you. So I command you to leave in Jesus' name. So whatever you're going through in your body, if he departed the Red Sea, it was called a Red Sea miracle. Did anybody read that in your Bible? It was called a Red Sea miracle. The enemy was coming at them. He held up the rod and the water. Just stood up on both sides and there was dry land. See, that's your dry land right there. Everything that you're facing, God got it standing up on every side. And the only thing he tell us, he said, whatever's going on in your body, I don't care if it's arthritis, if it's cancer, whatever it is, pneumonia, whatever it is, whatever sickness, whatever disease, whatever you're going through in your family, your bank account with your kids, God said, I have taken that like a Red Sea miracle. And God has taken it and it can't even touch you and you're going to walk. This is your dry land right here. But guess what they had to do? They had to trust God. And they had to walk with it right there. Y'all don't get it. It's right there. You ain't denying that it's not there, but you're walking through it. That's all you got to do.
And if you got somebody that you want to walk through it for, walk through it for. Let them know. Red Sea Miracle today. Red Sea Miracle today. That that you've seen, you will see no more. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 God, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We honor you in this place on today, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, God. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Now I want to tell you what God did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God making the crooked places straight. Hallelujah. That that they said could not is already is in Jesus name. In the name of Jesus, the blind eyes are seeing, the lame is walking, the deaf is hearing, incurable sicknesses and diseases being healed. In Jesus' name, tumors and growths disappearing in the name of Jesus. What man says is impossible, is possible with God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. Now let me tell you what he did. After they walked through, they had to trust him and walk through. Can you imagine the waters just standing right up? But they walked through it, right? Guess what God did after they walked through it? I'm going to wait till she go back to her seat. When Moses held up that rod, the ones, the enemies that was after them, the Red Sea come back on them and they died in it. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. What the enemy meant for your harm, God has turned it around. He has made it for your good. Hallelujah. Y'all. This is just what God does. Some people don't believe it. That's why he gives you his faith. So you can believe in what the word is saying. He had to give you his faith to even believe the word. You could not even believe this word if you wasn't born again and had the faith of God. No. But God said it. And he's done exactly what he said. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.